Oncology Systems Limited are the leading provider of radiotherapy ancillary equipment in the UK and Ireland. Serving the community for over 22 years, we pride ourselves on exceptional service and quality products. Please take a moment to visit our website www.osl.uk.com and take a look at our product lines, which include macromedics for patient immobilisation and IB dosimetry for all your radiotherapy quality assurance needs. We are more than happy to take your questions, so please do get in touch via our website or email inquiry at osl.uk.com and one of our specialist team will be available to assist you. Good morning and welcome to Rad Chat. My name is Joe McNamara and I'm joined by fellow host Naaman Jolka Anderson. Morning. So we are joined by two amazing humans <laughs> um, who are from OSL, who are our sponsors. So welcome, both of you. Morning. Thank you morning. so Thanks much. Yeah, good morning. So would you like to introduce yourself? Yep, so um, I'm Lucy Griffiths. Um, I'm an account specialist for OSL. Um, so yeah, I've been with OSL for just over a year now. Um, having a good time. How about you, Aaron? Yep, um, my name is Aaron Olabegi. So I knew I can't specialist at OSL. Been at OSL for about two months now. So still learning the trade, um, but still, um, but really enjoying it so far. Yeah. Amazing. So what is your professional background? Um, so we're, well, we're both um, ex-therapy major offers, aren't we? Yeah. So we're both still... Therapeutic. Therapeutic. Oh, sorry. Therapeutic. I'm so sorry. <laughs> every time, every time. So yeah, we're therapeutic major offers. Um, we're still HCPC registered. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, well, my background, um, I worked in the Royal Barch Hospital for a couple of years and worked in the Royal Martin Hospital for uh, about four years as well, um, before, before jumping over to the commercial side. So, yeah. What about you? Yeah, so mine very similar. So I worked in Portsmouth for um, about two years before moving back to London, um, where I was at Gads St Thomas's for about three, three and a half years, and then jumped to the commercial side as well. Um, funny enough, obviously, I followed Lucy to Elector. <laughs> for about two and a half years, about honestly. two and a half years, and then followed <laughs> her again to OSL. So it's like a, um, yeah, <laughs> so wherever Lucy Not goes, I go. <laughs> wherever Lucy goes, I go. Um, funny enough, but yeah. <laughs> so, um, what made you leave clinical practice to then go to the commercial side? Do you want to go for it first hour? Um, I think... Because you left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just where the dream comes out. Lucy left, so I was like, oh, i got to go too. Um, no, I think it was... Um, I think in clinical... Not that it becomes a bit repetitive, but you kind of get to a stage where you think you know quite a bit and you want to explore your options and try and learn a bit more about the, the radiotherapy world, um, should I say, because... Um, when you're in uni, they don't really tell you about the other side of it. Yeah. What they tell you about is clinical, so treating patients and maybe doing the physics side of it, and then that's about it. Working your way up band five, band six, band seven, and then potentially being somewhat stuck. Um, so just being aware that there's other opportunities out there with this qualification, not having to be in a hospital setting for the rest of my career. I guess it was a kind of um, a way just for me to kind of see what's actually out there and see what I can do and how far I can go with this actual actual degree. I think it was that was for me. It's interesting that you said that you didn't know about other job opportunities because I know it's definitely something that we actively promote. Yeah. And it is a hard balance because ultimately the workforce is short of therapeutic radiographers. We would love all of our students to qualify yeah. and then go and work in the good old NHS. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but actually, I think it's really important that to get our profession recognised yeah. that people do go into lots of different roles. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting from that perspective. So, yeah. sorry to interrupt. No, it, yeah. 
similar in a way I mean I, I didn't necessarily feel stuck I just wanted to learn more about sort of what happens in the background really you know what happens in the supply chain and you know um, and I, I wanted you know like saying well like Aaron was saying you know I know some students and some uh, maybe junior radiographers feel a little bit stuck but there are um, you know there are lots of other things you know going on in, in the radiotherapy world so I, I don't necessarily feel like I'm completely non-clinical I still feel like I'm you know I'm, I'm updating my CPD um, you know I'm still HCPC registered whenever I go to different departments I'm still learning I'm still learning loads of new techniques and actually I really enjoy that um, so I've still got those you know that I still feel like I'm updating my clinical experience um, you know even from this side um, and you know I think I think whatever you know whatever route you go down whether it be um, you know uh, proper you know hardcore clinical or you know properly commercial it's still completely intertwined um, you know, you're, I think if you're if you're still working for like you know for a, like a you know radiotherapy distributor, yeah. you're never fully, fully out, out of it. it. Yeah. You know, you're you're always you know, and there's always the opportunity to jump back, jump back in, in as well. Yeah, you know, there's yeah, always that possibility. Yeah, if you want to, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, and I think also when you you work commercially, then you, you sort of you look back and actually realise, like you were saying, you know, that, um, some some of the students, some of the junior age officers don't necessarily know that there's this stuff out there. You suddenly realise all these different things that. Uh, not just commercially, all these different things that you can do clinically and that mm -hmm. you can really push for. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like it's um, it was a bit eye-opening coming into the commercial world, but in a way, it's it's made me appreciate like the, the clinical world more. and the radiotherapy world a yeah, bit more definitely. because you've seen it from another angle. Yeah. So, yeah. It's interesting because like I did biomedical sciences, yeah. first degree, yeah. and you're told to go do an industry year. This is it's it, yeah. Oh really? Yeah. And they said if you don't do it, you're probably not going to get a job, and I didn't get a job. Wow. I didn't do it. Uh, yeah. I didn't know about it. My lecturers, they said, yeah, it's a good thing, but if you apply, you get it. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if that's something, Joe, as an educator, <laughs> maybe it's something that should be done because you do, like, I agree, you get to see just a different picture. Yeah. Obviously, you have to go to conferences, which yeah. as a junior member of staff, you don't really get to do. No. And yeah. it's not really encouraged still. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think. No pressure, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so, within my whole five and a half years of clinical, uh, did I hear about, I probably did hear about Estro, but not majorly not something that oh yeah you can go to it it was literally something that happens a lot of people that are you know radiotherapy based go to it but that's about it it wasn't until i actually made them move to the commercial side so first going to electors i actually heard about estro and astro and all these things being opportunities that i could go to and learn from as well so yeah, going, yeah learning about that kind of stuff and being um, open to it in, in uni and uh, in the department is a bit of a challenge to something. Maybe some departments might be a bit might, might be a bit different, but yeah, um, yeah where I was definitely was. I think it's always a challenge, isn't it? Because clinically, you, the, you know, just time pressures yeah. and to release people for conferences. Yeah. It, it must be so, so difficult, yeah, especially now with um, you know with everything that's happened in the COVID, and the pandemic. I mean, it was just I I can't imagine sort of working in, in sort of that that world at the moment. And I have you know have the utmost respect for everyone working clinically. Who um, has been sort of dealing with that for the past couple of years? It's yeah. just crazy. Um, so that's one bit actually that I think working commercially, you, it's it's hard to, to actually realise what's been going on for the past couple of years on that side of things. Yeah. Um, you know, from from sort of the, the front front end. Yeah. So you now work for OSL. So yep. can you tell us what is OSL? So. <laughs> <laughs> 
So OSL um, stands for Oncology Systems Limited. So we're a UK and Ireland um, distributor for radiotherapy products, um, whether it be sort of radiotherapy mobilisation, but also on the physics side quite heavily as well. So physics QA um, for you know LINAC commissioning um, all the way through to patient specific QA. Um, so, but not just that, we have a mixture of lots of different uh, suppliers that we work with as well, uh, whether it be for brachytherapy, um, you know, for, uh, for diagnostic, urology diagnostic tools as well, um, but also uh, we're now getting into the AI auto contouring, which we've been uh, working with our supplier for about, um, I'd say probably about 10 months now on that, that element, you know, and that's such an up and coming part of, um, of the radiotherapy world, um, you know, both for the, the planning teams, dosimetrists, but also the radiographers as well, so that's something that we're really sort of really uh, focused and pushing on um, as well so that's I kind of a little nutshell thank you yeah very well rehearsed of course <laughs> I'm really pushing it but yeah so every centre I go into at the moment you know that it's, it's such a huge um, huge potential and uh, you know everyone's sort of evaluating the different systems that are out there and, and just trying to look for the best quality and I think that's um, one of the things that you know, is um, you know, AI is going. I reckon AI is going to be the future for the radiotherapy workflow. Um, and I know every, everyone, you know, has their debates about it. And you know, oh, it should be a lot more manual. And you know, but um, yeah, that's that's fine. It's always going to have a, a human element to it, yeah, isn't it? But um, but it's going to. It's good, we need to speed up speed up workflow for the patient throughput, really, don't we? So anyway, that's. In a little bit of a nutshell, I kind of like wandered off on a bit of a tangent. That's kind of OSL. So yeah, radiotherapy, um, a lot of radiotherapy products, whether it be a mobilization with macromedics, uh, which is fantastic, you know, pieces of kit, um, and, uh, you know, specifically designed for, um, you know, the, the very t uh, tight margin um, mobilization requirements, such as Sabre, but also going through to AI auto contouring, like I was saying. Um, focusing on MR a lot more as well, yeah. wouldn't you say, Aaron? Coming up now, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, really, really focusing be. on sort of MR workflows as well. Um, and yeah, like I said, uh, we work with IBA Dosimetry really heavily for the physics QA as well. So yeah, yeah. Do you, this might be a silly question, <laughs> but in, I don't know, looking at industry, I always think I'd have to sell stuff. Do you, is that part of your job all the time? Oh yeah, yeah. it is a, it is a big part. What about people who maybe want to get into, into industry but don't want to go around selling stuff? There's so many opportunities. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so um, like I was saying, at Electra, it wasn't selling. So at Electra, well, my role, our role, should I say, yeah, wasn't yeah. really selling. It was more um, clinical training. So um, being an app specialist, going around. So what I did mainly was go around training Mosaic. So obviously, if you work in a department where you use Mosaic, um, obviously, that's kind of a, a stepping stone. And then if you, if you do get a role in, in Electra, for example, or even Varian as an app specialist, where you could be going around training ARIA, so it's not always going to be so. So even within the um, commercial side or the um, industry side, there are different roles that you can actually um, acquire or you know um, be put in as a uh, therapeutic radio from you know this kind of background. So it's not always going to be sales. There are different opportunities out there yeah. um, depending on the company that you're looking to work for and obviously what their and the nature of business businesses so yeah. it just depends yeah so yeah we, we went to um, sort of the training side of things straight out of um, clinical but also if people want to go into things like validation um, so you know Linat validation and, and um, product development and uh, research development there's so many different opportunities out there to keep up your you know, like I was saying earlier keep up your clinical skills you know you're not completely out of the clinical world but you um, you can always get that opportunity um, and then yeah if you want to you know if you want to go and do sales later on you know, like we did. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we still do training, don't we? We've been the sales, yeah. So, you know, there's yeah. a big sales element to it as well now. So, mm -hmm. it suits me. I'm sure it suits other people. Do, do you know anyone who's gone from industry back into clinical? What's, do you know what the transition's like? Um, 
So, uh, have, do you know sort of anyone specifically? Not, um, no, actually I don't. No, so I've, I've heard of people, yeah. not, not many people to be honest, um, who have done that jump, but there are a few people where, I mean, it's, it's not like, it's not. It's not always a glamorous lifestyle yeah, industry. It's, it's not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Lots of people think corporate car. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Company <laughs> car. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> it's, what is the reality? It's um. Sometimes it can be pretty hard. I mean, it's mm-hmm. very rewarding. It's you know obviously it's very rewarding. You're going to lots of dis- uh, departments. You're um. You're helping people out as much as possible. So not only do we, you know, we're not only selling, we're also making sure that people have got like the research papers that they're required to actually make the proper decision that's going to benefit their patients as much as possible. So yes, it is rewarding, but you know, I mean, it was different during COVID, but but now on the road a lot, on the, lot, on yeah, the road a lot, a lot it's yeah. you know, it can be very very uh, lonely. You know, yeah. I mean, we have a lovely team, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, yeah probably. probably. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're such a lovely team. Yeah, that was the cue. That was the cue. Oh my god. Um, yeah, no, we are. We're, we're yeah. you know, we're a close, close team. team we're yeah. a small. We're a small team, but we are. You know, we have our own regions, and we're on the road a lot, and that can yeah. get quite tiring. You know, especially if people, especially from clinical backgrounds. You're used to working in a team with, you know, on the Linac or, you know, in the um, in CT, CT or something. Yeah. Um, and it is, it can be quite a, um, a shock when you first go into it. So I would say, like, if someone's considering, you know, oh, you know, it'd be great going around to all these places. But yeah, OK, it is. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, you have to think you're going to be, you're going to be by yourself a lot. Diff- you're going to have oh, to yeah. just take charge and just make, you know, make decisions under very, you know, quite a lot of pressure sometimes uh, yeah. to keep things going. Um, you know, not you don't necessarily have a have the company card or you know the company car, um, and yeah, it's just it's just a very very um, different way of life, um, and you kind of just have to hit the ground running a little bit, don't you? Yeah, um, I feel like um, sometimes it's a, you might think, okay, cool. In a clinical setting, you come in and do it. Let's say you do an early shift, eight forty-five to four forty-five or five. Once you're done at five, you kind of switch off. You go home. Um, yeah, with you this, really you do don't that. really switch off. So obviously, yeah, for example, if um, depending on where you're based, you might have a, a, a site up north. That's a three-hour drive in the morning. Let's say you, you leave the house at six, you get there about nine, do a demo presentation, hour, hour and a half or so. Then you start. You know, you might, if you're lucky enough, you can have another site in that area or not, not too far from there. You can go to that department, do another presentation, do another demo, and then go somewhere else before you actually end up going home. You can get home about seven or eight, and then you have to do um, some customer reports and you know, kind of feedback on to the rest of the company and yeah. what you've actually done for that day. Yeah. So you kind of never really switch off. You might spend a lot of time driving around, so it's not all you know fun and games as people make it seem because you've got a company car or you've got a company car. Um, there's a lot of behind Sounds the scenes like you work. Need that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of mileage. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. yeah, it's um behind the scenes there's a lot that goes into it yeah. um, not just oh I get to you know um, drive around or I get to fly around um, certain companies like I said that come from Electa it was um, well me personally I was mainly based in like Central Eastern Europe so going to countries where you might not necessarily go to on holiday because why would you go to but yeah. it, from that from that side of it it's an opportunity to, to, to go to places that you probably wouldn't go to but on the back end of it is living out of, su- living out of suitcase three, three out of four weeks in a month back-to-back flying so you fly out on Monday land on Friday have a weekend do your washing next Monday you're out again come back on Friday booking your own flight on a Saturday yeah (laughs) you get um, last-minute cancellations last-minute bookings so you you might get um, a 
a message from your manager at 4 p.m. on a Friday saying on Monday morning you've got to go to North Macedonia for <laughs> for, <laughs> for for training. Um, you got to, obviously during COVID it was quite hard because um, yeah. obviously the flight restrictions um, and uh, you know uh, c- catching connecting flights quite a bit. Flying to um, one country to drive across borders. So um, um, me and my colleague just uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot going on. Um, obviously, it looks fun. People yeah. out there taking pictures. Oh yeah, we get to have dinner on the company. It's all great. Yeah, but what goes b- before the dinner happens? Before you know, you're taking the pictures by under on the, on the you know by the sea or by the river. There's a lot that actually happens behind the scenes. So yeah, 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 literally. Um, so it's not all glamorous and fun as people like to make it seem. I do, I do laugh as well because I've got lots of colleagues who work yeah. commercial and industry, and it always makes me laugh because they're like, we're at dinner, but we're working. Oh, yeah, yeah. Working. you're yeah, networking, yeah, yeah. talking we're about... We're having a glass of wine, and yes, that's lovely, but I'm talking to these clients about, about the products. About products, yeah. You know, what's happening, and you're getting then information from the Thinking or what's driving them, 
you're gonna have okay. a little shock. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just hard. It's, you know, it's, it's a lot of um, it's a lot of hard work. They just have to, to realize. Yes, it could be it could be really re- rewarding uh, financially and also you know, helping lots of different departments. But you know, don't don't just go for money. Yeah, <laughs> don't think that because you sign that contract that you're definitely gonna have that money. It's, it takes a lot of work to actually get that 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 money, that um, financial incentive. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Oh, thank you. And right. thank, thank you again to OSL for sponsoring us. Oh, no so, problem. Where do we find you at UKIA for uh, Booth B27. Yeah, B27. Yeah, so we're, uh, we're in the sort of uh, the second hall, hall two, um, so really around the kind of the middle. Um, and we're all wearing lovely matching polo shirts. So, <laughs> so come and see us. We've got shirts. some competitions. We've got some freebies, lots of sweets, obviously, you know. Um, and obviously lots of um, talk about all the products. <laughs> <laughs> that's the most important thing. <laughs> 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 uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us.